Well, it's Monday, Razorback fans, and you now are three and two on the season after a 49 to 26 loss to Alabama. We have a very, very busy show here on the Gridiron Hogs podcast today. I am Mason Choate, got Alex Trader and Robert Stewart with me. We're from hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. Uh, go visit it. A lot of great content over there. We'll have plenty of great content throughout the week leading up to Mississippi State uh, this Saturday. Monday, always a busy day. A lot of news coming out on Monday, so make sure you're visiting hogbeat.com for all of the Razorback news you need. Um, so, yes, Arkansas lost to Alabama. Um, I feel like we expected the loss. Maybe the game didn't really go as we expected. Arkansas goes down 28 nothing. You're thinking, oh, goodness, here we go, 52 nothing once again. And then the third quarter happens. And then you're like, holy crap, what is happening? And then the fourth quarter happens, and you're like, okay, well, there you go. Um, so that's there, there's there's your rundown of the game. That's the recap that we're going to give. Um, we'll get more into it. We'll talk about pro football focus grades, uh, the the backup quarterback situation, which I don't know if we've talked about that in depth on this podcast before, but from a perspective of people who go to practice and who watch this team and, you know, we're hearing from Sam Piven and the players and all this, it wasn't a shock to us. And maybe that's maybe that's on us as members of the media for not explaining enough that Cade Fortin is probably the backup quarterback for this team, whereas a lot of people expected it to be Malik Hornsby. Um, so we'll get into that and why I guess we didn't really we didn't really talk about it because we didn't feel like we had to talk about it. You didn't really expect something to happen to KJ Jefferson, and we'll talk about that as well. Um, let's lead with this. Arkansas dropped out of the AP top twenty-five uh, based on votes. They're number twenty-nine, so they're still. I mean, if they beat Mississippi State, they'll hop back in. Mississippi State is number 23 in the AP Top 25. Uh, that is Arkansas's opponent this weekend, 11 a.m. SEC Network. SEC Nation will be there. Uh, third time in six weeks that SEC Nation will be at an Arkansas game, so that's a little interesting. The Razorbacks are the kings of that show. I know. Uh, they are. So I'm sure those people are getting tired of talking about Arkansas, but somebody did comment. Uh, on my Twitter post and said the narrative about Arkansas will be a lot different this time around than it has been the first two times that they've uh, been in an Arkansas game. So, all right, let's talk about this Alabama game. Uh, before we get to the the whole Malik Hornsby, Cade Fortin thing, let's talk about the game in general. Uh, the defense, I mean, right out of the gate, you get the interception from Dwight McGlother, and you're like, holy crap. That's exactly what you need. That's what we talked about all week, get a turnover. But what happened in this game was that not only did the defense start to, you know, you know, crumble there in the first half, but the offense was not helping whatsoever. And that was the thing that you were going to be able to hang your hat on going into this game, Robert. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote a whole story about this, but I mean, I feel like you can chalk the whole the whole loss up to, to third down conversions. The, the first half in particular, I mean, Bama was six for eight, uh, two of those six. I mean, one of them was like a 50 plus yard gain that set up a Bryce Young touchdown on the next play. Uh, and the other was when they when they accepted the offensive pass interference call when it would have been fourth and three had they declined it. Um, still scratching my head about that one. Um, 
And then, and then on the other side of the ball, Arkansas was only one for six. So, you know, the, like you said, the offense wasn't helping itself out at all. So um, it, it was, it was miraculous. That they, that they managed to, to find the end zone by the end of the half at all, really. Yeah. And that, I mean, Dalton Wagner, the Arkansas's right tackle said it himself. Like that was a huge touchdown going into the half. You're down 28 to seven. They focused all week on the third quarter because Arkansas has just been awful in the third quarter this season. And then they come out in the third quarter and not only, you know, they're playing great offense. They scored a couple touchdowns. You get an onside kick, but the defense was playing really good football. And, uh, after the onside kick, you get a field goal and you're looking at a 28 to 23 game and it's a five point game going into the fourth quarter. Somebody on the the trough, the message board over at hogbeat.com said, well, I sure hope that they practice fourth quarters too this week. And uh, unfortunately, it looked as if they only practiced the third quarter all week long. <laughs> they definitely put all their eggs into that basket. Yeah. You mentioned the, def- the defense played well in that third quarter. You may be giving him too much credit because there was like a nine-minute stretch because of the onside kick where Alabama just didn't have the ball. Yeah, but also Alabama had negative one total yards in the third quarter. Right, and part of that was was because of the bad snap. But you know, give give the the defense credit on that one series for forcing the three and out. You know, they're deep in their own territory. They got a punt because what well, I mean, Rocket took it in on the next play, right, to cut it to one score. So that that. Even though that was an unforced error on Bama's part, you know, give give the Hogs defense credit for at least forcing the punt. All right, let's get Alex in on here. So going into that fourth quarter, you know, all the momentum is on Arkansas' side. Alabama's in a third and long. Jalen Milrow takes it seventy-seven yards down into the the within the ten-yard line, and um, you, you look back on the play. There's a there's a a shot of Jordan Dominic. You know, his face mag getting face mask getting pulled so I mean you can talk about that but you can also talk about the fact that the defense did let Jalen Milrow go 77 yards I mean Alex when you see that play were you thinking like ah it's to be expected because I mean Robert talked about it the third down defense it's just been awful yeah the third down defense has been horrible um you really saw it come to light in the first half Robert brought it up but that that one uh uh, time in the quarter where where Pittman accepted the penalty for for offensive pass interference when it would have <clears throat> it turned what would have been a twenty yard field goal into potentially a thirty yarder if you hold them firm instead they go and score egregious one of the worst coaching decisions I've seen from this team all season um, but you get into that 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 position and you've got a chance to go ahead and really make your impact on the game if you get a stop you you get the ball back and you have an opportunity to go take the lead and. Yeah, there's that that holding face mask thing in the backfield, but you have to make a stop. You whether it's the first level, you need kind of need the third down stop, but you certainly can't let him take it 77 yards. Um, just a really, really poor play play there from the defense. And honestly, uh, an overall pretty poor day. They had a couple flashes in that third quarter, but other than that, the defense was ran up and down the field. Yeah, I'll get into some of the pro football focus grades um, later on in the episode, but talking about that decision to accept the penalty, give Alabama a third and long rather than a fourth and three. Sam Pittman mentioned that in his press conference. He said he made that decision because he thought that Nick Saban was going to go for it on fourth down. I'm not saying that you know it was the right decision, but Pittman was able to justify it. He said that he asked all the all of the coaching staff over the headset. They all agreed that was the decision to make. 
And then even after the press conference was over, and this is very rare for Sam Pittman on a game day after a game, he stuck around and talked to Bob Holt. Everybody knows Bob Holt. Bob Holt is the one who asked the question about, you know, what what went into that decision. And he told Bob, he was like, after the press conference, you know, camera's off. He was like, Bob, I, I just really thought that Saban was going to go for it on fourth and three. That's why I made that decision. I thought that it was the right decision, and I, I that's that's the decision I made. So, you know, he has to live with it, but it, he he was able to justify the decision, but that doesn't mean that it was the right decision. Was it 21-7 at that point before they scored that touchdown? I think so, but I have so, to go. So a field goal would have made it a three-score game. Yeah. I I just don't I just don't see in in a world in which Nick Saban goes for fourth and three there. Take take your points, go up three scores. That's that's gonna make a big difference in a game like that. Fourth and three on the goal line though. That's when you have fourth and you know three or less on the goal line. It's it's it is a a somewhat common decision where you're gonna go for that, especially if you're already up two touchdowns. Why not? But I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and that's also where you you're you know rated as a top twenty team. You need your defense to pony up there and get a stop. Uh, that's an even better situation for Sam Pittman is letting his team go out there, get a stop, and prevent those three points from going up. Period. So, from top to bottom, I saw zero. He he can say that that's the reasoning. As from a football you know game perspective, I'm not a huge analytics guy, but it makes no sense in any in any way of doing things. Yeah. Um, so is it's the third downs, man. I mean, we talked about it after the AM game that what third and what what is uh, second and 30, um, which is, I mean, basically a third down. It's so long. But um, and then the third and 12 when Max Johnson converted in the second half. And then you go to this Alabama game. It happened again. Uh, just a backbreaking play on the 77 yard run. And then you know, after that, it was basically over. Jameer Gibbs had multiple 70-plus yard touchdown runs after that. Uh, Arkansas, they go down, and then here's the whole controversy because at the point, at this point, the game was over. Um, K.J. Jefferson thrown down violently on a sack. You know, he kind of lays on the ground for a little bit. He goes off the field, and on comes Cade Fortin. And a lot of people are like, what the heck, Malik Hornsby, where is he? Um, Fortin plays for he's in the game for a play. Jefferson comes back in, throws an incompletion. Cam Little hits a field goal that makes it 26 for Arkansas. Um, and then the next two drives, Cade Fortin comes out as the quarterback for Arkansas. Um, Malik Hornsby over on the sideline. Uh, he was visibly frustrated, was told by another media member that he tried to take his pads off, and Torian Carter had to stop him from taking his pads off. Uh, that uh, that was tough to watch Malik Hornsby like that. You know, he was talking to fans while the game was like while Arkansas was on offense. He was just over on the sideline talking to fans. But um, we need to get into this. And Robert, you and I are the ones who go to practice. It feels like I mean, I I, f- I feel like it wasn't a surprise to us that Cade Fortin was the backup quarterback. I, they they talked very highly of him during fall camp. Kendall Bryles did. Sam Pittman did. He was numbered. He was the number two guy in a quarterback efficiency during fall camp. Uh, he's run with the second team during uh, fastball, which you know they take that with a grain of salt. But it seems like they like Fortin better as a passer and a game manager than they do Hornsby, which is why you see Hornsby running at wide receiver. And uh, it wasn't a huge shock to us, but fans were very shocked. 
Right. I mean, you, you mentioned it like it, this goes back to August. Um, I, I feel like surely at, at least once we we've mentioned this on here, but I mean, they've been, they've been running Hornsby out there because of their confidence in, in Fortin like that, that that's really all it boils down to. Um, like you, you wouldn't see him used as this dual position guy if, if not for Cade Fortin. So be, because that he, you know, he's got division one experience, uh, power five experience even dating back to his North Carolina days. Um, they, they feel good about him. Um, why, why they don't feel good about Malik Hornsby. Uh, I'm not sure, but you know, having been to practice, having listened to Riles and Pittman, they, they've been high on Fortin. That's, that's just not really news. And, and I hope that at some point we at least conveyed that. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a story up over at hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com, uh, talking about this situation. And I went back and pulled quotes from Fall Camp where Sam Pittman and Kendall Browse both talked very highly of Cade Fortin. Now, at the time, they it seemed like there was still a battle for that number two position, like a legitimate battle. And uh, Sam Pittman said it himself after the game that that decision of the number two quarterback has been made for a long time now. Um, and it, this was just the first opportunity to see that the the real question moving forward. And there's two of them. One of them's already been answered, and that is, you know, everybody talking about Malik Hornsby scrubbing his social medias of Arkansas stuff. Uh, basically, he came out, tweeted, said like, you know, stop spreading fake news. I'm not going anywhere. And then he also put a, a picture of him in an Arkansas jersey back up on his Instagram. So. And for the time being, you don't have to worry about that. Even if he wanted to enter the transfer portal, he couldn't do it until December. So, um, the but as far as moving forward, is you got to worry about KJ Jefferson's health. Sam Pittman said after the game that he doesn't know what the status of KJ Jefferson's health is. Um, and this was a, a failure on the part of the media. Um, <clears throat> and I mentioned this to another member of the media after the game was we we should have asked. You know, did KJ Jefferson not play in those last two drives because the game was out of hand at that point or because he was hurt? Um, because Sam Pimmons said that he doesn't know the status of KJ Jefferson, what his injury was after the game. He'll definitely get asked about it today. Um, but I mean, if if you're without KJ Jefferson against Mississippi State, Cade Fortin is your guy, but that's tough. Yeah, I mean, the, this team doesn't really have a path forward if if KJ Jefferson's not under center. I, I don't really know how else to put it. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned it's a failure on behalf of the media that, that we didn't ask about uh, why why specifically he wasn't in those last two minutes. Knowing Sam Pittman, I don't know if we would have gotten a good answer, to be quite honest with you. And we'll we'll put that theory to the test today, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be asked, but... I mean, you're right. K.J. Jefferson is the most irreplaceable player on this team. Uh, you've already lost one of those irreplaceable players in, in Jalen Catalan. And so you don't want to lose your other number one in K.J. Jefferson if you're Arkansas. But uh, I, I think getting back to the game itself, and Alex, I'll let you comment on this as well. If Arkansas doesn't have that third quarter, we're talking a lot differently right now. Yeah, and I think the third quarter is the most important part of things, at least from what I was looking at it as. Um, 
you know, you're watching the game and you're certainly evaluating what's going on on the field. But I also was at Little Rock Mills uh, High School on Friday night talking to one of Arkansas's highest priority targets in the state in 2024. And I asked him, what do you, you know, Alabama is Alabama. They're the number two team in the country. You're coming to this game. What is it going to take? What are you wanting to see from Arkansas? What is it going to take from the Razorbacks to impress you? And he just said he wanted to see them fight. Um I saw he later commented that, you know, he he saw that fight out of Arkansas. He saw that they're not the same old hogs that are going to roll over and and just let themselves get beat by 50 points. So that is what I'm sure the staff, all, you know, and at, that, the, at that time they're looking and trying to make sure they're going to be in the game. But that's just something that the staff has made sure they've instilled over time that we can't sit there and roll over um, and, and – they didn't. They were in a position where they could have come back and, and really put Alabama to the test, uh, essentially get blown out again after you fight all the way back. But uh, I, I was at least a little bit impressed with with the effort that we saw in that third quarter. Yeah, I agree. Also, maybe the greatest onside kick of all time. That was just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful job done by Jake Bates. The hit by Poopal, that dude can knock somebody out, man. He is He's a big hitter. Uh, great onside kick by Jake Bates. That was just awesome. We weren't even looking. Like I was about to say, I feel like we missed at least two huge plays in that game. That one, the Rashad DeBinion fumble, like you look down for a second and it's like, what just happened? Yeah, because we thought that DeBinion was down. We were already looking down at our computers. And then like on a kickoff, you know, sometimes you're looking up, you know, paying attention to the game, but sometimes you're still finishing something up on your computer. Uh, we weren't. I wasn't even looking at the onside kick to be, to be straightforward. I wasn't. So, um, let's get into some of these pro football focus grades before we finish up this episode. So, lowest overall grade for the team on the season, sixty three point nine. Uh, that is a new low compared to a seventy three point four against Texas A and M, which was the previous low. Offensively, lowest grade, passing lowest grade. Uh, let's see here. Receiving second lowest grade. They were worse against AM. and uh, Running game, lowest grade. Run blocking, lowest grade. Defense wasn't the lowest grade. They were lower against Texas A&M. But coverage was just horrible. It was a 44.4 on a scale of 0 to 100. So, But they were better in tackling. So that's a good sign. They worked on tackling in third quarter all week, and they were better at those two, those two things. So maybe if they could focus on just everything – uh, then they could get better. Like maybe if they focus on every single aspect of the game in all four quarters, you know, Arkansas might be good. Mason, you should be a football coach, man. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but here's here's the bright side before we finish. And I, I've told a couple people this who think like the sky is falling after Arkansas just lost to Texas A&M and Alabama. Preseason, I predicted, and a, I, a lot of people did as well, um, that Arkansas would lose to AM, Alabama, and Mississippi State three in a row. They lost three games in a row last year, by the way. And I was then, about to say, call your attention to 2021. Do you remember yeah. the three game stretch that was Georgia, Ole Miss, and what, Auburn? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the SEC West. Like these, these stretches are going to happen. They, they have a path to eight or nine wins. Like they, they will bounce back if they, they have KJ Jefferson. Yes, that, that's a big thing. But, th- I mean, still, you only have two losses. Every single game, I, I truly believe this, every single game left on the schedule is winnable. Um, I mean, they've only lost two games. 
One game was to the number one team in the country. One game was to a Texas A&M team who lost to Mississippi Mississippi State this past weekend. They have a loss to Appalachian State. Like, we don't know exactly how good that A&M team is. That might go down as a bad loss. You know, Alex, you're shaking your head. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think we do know how good that A&M team is. They're very bad. That's a game that you need to go out and win if you're Arkansas. You don't get gimmies, especially in, you know, big trophy games like that against teams that are generally pretty good all that often. And they – they laid out a gimme, and Arkansas really kind of squandered it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that might be a game that Arkansas looks back on, maybe if they have two losses at the end of the season, which a lot, a lot of things have to happen for that to be an outcome. But um, that might be a game they look back on and, you know, ah, man, if K.J. Jefferson doesn't fumble or, you know, if Cam Little hits a field goal, there's a lot of things that happen. On On the bright side, when was the last time you were able to call that game a bad loss? Um, it's been a long time, a long time. So, um, all right, boys, we need to wrap this up. We're running long. Um, tomorrow we'll tell you what we heard from Sam Pittman. I don't know if Mike Leach talks on Mondays or not, Robert, you ever figure that out? Uh, I just got an email from the Mississippi state communications office. Uh, there will be a press conference. Um, I don't think I'll be able to record it on zoom, but there will be a Mike Leach press conference. Okay. It'll be a great week to talk about coaching comments from you guys. Yeah, it's hear about fall weddings and. and, and <laughs> I I really enjoy listening to Mike Leach. That might we might just make that one of our Gridiron Hawks pod, podcast episodes. It's just like Mike Leach's press conference. We might just do that. So, um, but for that we're gonna end it here. Robert Stewart and Alex Trader, uh, thank you very much. I'm Mason Choate. You've been listening to the Gridiron Hawks podcast. Mm-hmm.